On your journey through life, you are the hero. There are times, however, when it is beneficial to have an advisor to guide you along your path. Welcome to the Smart Money Simplified Podcast with Brent Mikosh, Certified Financial Planner, Certified Investment Management Analyst, and Co-Founder of MP Advisors, LLC. In this podcast, Brent discusses some of the most important and interesting topics of the day as they relate to finance, the economy, and beyond. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Smart Money Simplified podcast with your host, Brent Mikosh. Brent, good to be with you again. How are you? I got to admit, I'm actually a little bit tired today because um, I got up at 4 a.m. Florida time. which is 2 a.m. Arizona time and and flew back here for a bunch of meetings earlier today before hopping in on this. But I'm using this as a creative segue into what we're going to talk about today because, you know, I I land the plane. I don't land the plane, but I land in Sky Harbor Airport in Phoenix. I'm really tired. I run home, literally had about a half hour to get myself showered, ready, straight into client meetings. If I want to get change my state and get to a point where I'm feeling better, get a little bit more energy, there's some songs that are go-to songs for me. You know, like, for example, yeah, sure. um, even better than the real thing, U2 off Octung Baby. That song, the whole buildup of that song in the beginning can just get me feel, feeling great. E-Pro by Beck, if I want to go out running, you know, that that yeah. that that song okay. gets me fired up. If I want to chill, it's Dry the Rain by uh, Beta Band, for sure. If I'm thinking about how much I love my wife, it's uh, I Love You by the Climax Blues Band. So, you know, I love music, and I love the fact that it can can really positively change people's states. And we're going to talk to a guy that I think that knows a lot about how this can be used, not only just to make you feel better if you're walking into a meeting, but but maybe actually do some real recovery work for people that might have addictions or some other things they're, suff- they're suffering mm-hmm. with. So I've got Andrew Sawson with me today, and he is the co-founder of Recovery Unplugged. And these are centers that are treating addictions, a variety of addictions, and using music to help facilitate that. Offline, getting ready for this, I had a, I had a conversation now probably, Andrew, maybe three or weeks or so ago. And I'm super excited for this because it was a dynamite conversation. And I love your whole story. I love your backstory in terms of how you got into this. I love what you're doing to really help people. Um, so that is a segue. First, first, what I miss. But secondly, how would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners today? First, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to be on here. It's it's amazing to hear how many you know, different aspects of music can help people in multiple ways, right? We help it with people battling addiction and mental health, but in starting your day, in my kids going to school, in them taking a test, in you just name multiple different ways of the gym or your family uh, or, or what you use music for. And I believe that all of us, everybody, right? If you can go back thousands of years, every you know religion has used music in every type of ceremony, as far back as we can remember. And, you know, one of the things that I learned about after I started, you know, Recovery Unplugged was that, you know, music is the first thing that we actually associate to because we hear the heartbeat uh, of our mother's heartbeat when we're in the womb. And that's our, actually our first introduction to music. So, you know, I'm excited um, of what we've, what we knew was was around but what we've done over the last decade and what we're doing and continue to do now and helping people so how did you get into this in terms of <laughs> you know give me give me your background first with music and then how'd you how'd you did you start in the recovery side or did you start in the music side to get to where you are now so i started in neither uh, i am not a musician i'm not a therapist i've always loved music 
uh, been around music my whole life. Actually started the record label when I was in college, managed several uh, R&B singers, hip hop groups, EDM groups many, many, many years ago. I got in the insurance business and then did insurance for people in the music business. And then we had several family members and friends. Uh, I've known my wife since we were in middle school. We grew up together in middle school, high school, college. Never dated, but we were always friends. And so I always was very aware of the challenges that she was facing with several of her family members battling addiction for decades. So after we got married, uh, I found myself uh, paying for a lot of rehab. And I made a joke that it'd be cheaper for me to open up my own treatment center than to keep paying for other ones. And when you're on your way home from a Tony Robbins seminar and you make that joke to somebody else that you're with the Tony Robbins at, at the Tony Robbins seminar with, that turns into, okay, what are you going to do about it? Because you can't go to a Tony event, make a comment like that and, and not do something. And so, you know, I've always been around and always have involved myself in helping others. Uh, never thought this is what I'd be doing, but the, the, the culmination of, you know, dealing with several family members, battling uh, another family member getting arrested. And what I realized at that point was she was an addict, not a criminal. And so my friend Marshall that I knew from the Tony world, he's a criminal defense attorney. He helped her in her cousin's case. And he introduced me to a gentleman named Paul. Paul Pellinger helped create the mental health and drug court system. And so that people will get treatment instead of jail. And Paul is good friends with Richie Supa, who is a Grammy award singer, songwriter. And he had this concept called Recovery Unplugged, which he had come up with after he wrote the song Amazing with Aerosmith. Mm. And so... They had this idea. I had this challenge. I had a desire to figure out how to help more people and wanted to fulfill my joke of uh, seeing if it would actually be cheaper to get my own treatment center to help my own family and friends. And that's how we started. Uh, and that was 11 years ago that we got together and then we opened up October 2013 and just celebrated our, our 10th year in existence. Now, I want, to, I want to go back here, and I'm going to take this conversation in a slightly different place than I thought. So many people come up with very great ideas, and they never follow through with them. And I think, you know, I, I've been to a couple of Tony Robbins seminars. I've read a bunch of his books, and, and I think, obviously, the guy, he knows what he's doing in terms of, in terms of creating that action. But he says something, I'm paraphrasing him, that, that you, your life can come down to these moments. And at the time, you don't think they're significant, and then wham, you're going in a completely different direction. Did you know it? You're obviously you're, you're pumped up because you just left the Tony thing. You throw that out there. As you said it, was there a recognition that this was something? <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 you know, I made lots of crazy statements and continue to do so. The moment that I sat in the restaurant with Paul, I, you know, I've had this theory my whole life. I'll meet with anybody at least once. And I've had some of the most amazing and some of the most ridiculous, crazy conversations ever all over the world doing that. Uh, but I knew it that I knew within the first five minutes of that meeting that this was going to go somewhere. I didn't know what it would become. I didn't know I would give up everything else I was doing. I didn't know I would risk everything I've ever had to, to make this a reality twice while we've been in existence because of challenges. Um, but I knew at that first meeting that I, you know, you get that feeling and I've, I've had that feeling at different times in my life. Not that it's always worked out in the way I wanted to, where in the first few minutes of a conversation with somebody, I knew something was going to happen. 
I've always had the idea and 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 the mindset that it's going to work out doesn't always work out, but I knew something was going to come from it. It, it. It's interesting. I want to see like, what did you do next? Because I'm just outside listening to this. It's like, we've got a real estate problem. We've got a staffing problem. We've got an insurance problem. We've got an, we've got a regulatory problem where this is a big thing. Where do you start? What's the first step once you realize, all right, this is actually a workable concept. So, Okay, so Paul at that time, you know, his his life was helping as a consultant people open up treatment centers. Okay, so he, so he knew the business in doing that. The funny story there is that you know we had to go find a property, and I didn't have enough money to buy myself or even qualify for what we needed on a loan wise. So I went and found, tried to find a partner that would be our real estate partner. We'd be the operating partner. And I found a property and it was one of those great opportunities, but somebody else is going to get it. And this is, again, 10 years ago, a little different. People were showing up in South Florida every day. Now they're here even more. But at the time, there were some incredible opportunities, especially, you know, Fort Lauderdale Beach property that a few years before, you know, the world had crashed and now things were coming back. So I had this great opportunity and I had to make a decision in 24 hours took my own personal money, threw a deposit down and said, okay, I'll find a partner. Found a partner. Everything's going well. 10 days before we were supposed to close, he decided, I can't, I, I don't want to be part of this. So now this all happened. I was at a Jack Canfield event, Chicken Soup for a Soul guy, when this when I found this out and it was like, okay, not a bad place to be. First time I learned how to properly meditate. And I literally did a meditation on finding who's going to be my next partner. Can't make this stuff up. Got a phone call at the time I was in the insurance business of a guy looking to buy an annuity. I told him the annuity rates at the time were 2.9%. He screamed at me that that wasn't going to be enough. I told him I have this great piece of property next to Fort Lauderdale Beach that he could buy, get a much better rate. And this is the deal we would do. I met him 24 hours later. He bought the property and became our partner the next day. No way. <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how Recovery of Plugs first property was, was acquired. And this was all that happened the day before I would have lost the deposit. Wow. So, yeah, that's that, that's how. And then from there, you know, we we met with and how we, we formulated it is uh, Paul brought in this amazing medical director, Dr. David Kramer, who's still our medical director today. And we needed a good ops guy. And he put us on the phone with a gentleman named Rob from Jersey. And Rob gets on the phone. And he says, listen, I've seen a lot of people get into this industry. If you're trying to just run people through and charge insurance, I want nothing to do with it. If you actually are doing this to help people, I will fly down tomorrow. I will move there and I will make this happen with you. Wow. And he's been my partner since that day and is still the operating director of, of what we do. And so, you know, again, you know, that first launch, I had the feeling and like a lot of things in life, you move forward and then things happen. And then this guy disappeared and this guy showed, you know, and, and I still didn't know. I still didn't know. When we opened up, I had a great, like this, I know this is going to be good, but I didn't, I didn't understand what we did until we did it. Right. Cause we have never, no, this has never been done before. People have used music as an add on, as a music class, as an hour program. Re Recovery Unplugged was originally a one hour session that Richie did in other treatment centers. Okay. We took that and sat with clinical and psych psych uh, psychiatrists, psychologists for five consecutive days and wrote out 
you know, 100 pages of what each day and each program would look like from a therapeutic side, from a clinical side, and from a, from an aspect that it's legally allowed to be built to insurance. There had to be all types of things there. So I remember our first groups um, and the people were like, everybody there had been to treatment multiple times. My own family members, some of our first clients. And they're like, okay, all right. And what we realized very early, it's not the music that's just like, the music breaks down defenses and builds rapport. Because we're doing traditional evidence-based therapy, but everybody does that. And nobody wants to actually be there. But when you use music, in the way that we do from the detoxing where we use sound and frequency rooms to all of our groups where we're using lyrics and songs, people get more connected with that. And so, you know, the first several months were like any business, lots of challenges, trying to figure out, trying to understand who we really were. We were, we're not to this day, we're not the Ritz and we're not the, you know, the Motel 6. We're the, I've always considered ourselves the courtyard, right? If you want the $100,000 a week, butler treatment center that's not us and we don't have bunk beds either where we're packing them in like sardines we're a place that i wanted to have that could be safe comfortable and provide quality treatment for my own family and that's how we've done this from day one so what would that experience look like so let's take uh let's take joe over here and joe's got to come in has whatever addiction he's trying to beat what's it look like from entering your facility in terms of how are you going to, cause it's all, it's all, like you said, it's about breaking down these barriers. It's about getting them to maybe deal with some things that, they, that they're grappling with internally. They don't want to, you know, and everybody's got defenses and walls up and they're using the music. I'm guessing to get past that. How is that different if they're walking into your facility versus another facility that you would say maybe be competing with it isn't basing this on music? hundred percent. So nobody wants to go to rehab and, most people that go to a 30-day program spend the first 29 days trying to escape, trying to leave, have their arms crossed, they're shut off, and they want nothing to do with it. That's just a fact. What we realized early on is when we get somebody's information, yes, we find out their birthday and their insurance info and their meds they're on, but we find out the music they love, the music they hate, what they associate to happiness, what they associate to sadness. And so in our first interaction with them, whether it's in the van when we pick them up from the airport or whether it's when they're in our facility, you know, doing their intake form, we have a song playing for them that they have a positive association to that we found out before. And 99% of the time, and I've seen this thousands of times now over the last decade, for the first time in days, weeks, months, or years, instead of being yelled at by their spouse or their employee or their mom or their son, they're like, wait, I love this song. And whoever sings the excellent will say, I know. And for the first time, they're seen, they're heard, and what they say matters. For just that moment, for the first time, that first layer of defense comes off. And they're like, somebody listened to me. They're playing something that I like. I feel good from this. They don't know this, but this is what's happening subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And that does not mean that they're going to be happy. It does not mean that they're going to love everything. But that alone makes the difference off the bat of somebody maybe being a little more attentive to being shut off. Yeah, because like you said, even if they're not aware, there's, there's a subroutine going in all of us at any given time. And you've, you've tapped into that subroutine where now now they weren't open before, but maybe they're maybe 98% not open now, but you got a window. You got a little tiny window. That is correct. And then we build upon that. And you know we have, we have a great, uh, we have a thing called open mic. 
So we have 99% of all of our clients have no musical ability. But some of our clients, uh, especially because of Richie's connections over the years and other people, they, they have, um, you know, they come from the industry, but because we use music, but most people like myself, no musical ability, but we have people write the lyrics of their life. And this is one of the most profound sessions, therapeutic sessions, where they're writing out like their own song of their life. And we've just seen over and over again how powerful this can be. And it doesn't have to be music. We had a, we had a guy, I'll never forget, he wanted to be a sportscaster. So he presented this to the group as an ESPN broadcaster of his life. And it's just the idea of utilizing that setting where you're writing out. In addition, we have a concert every Friday at every one of our facilities called Feel Good Friday, where we take uh, recovery songs and songs that Richie wrote. Some are award-winning hits over the last 30 years. And we put everybody in a mood every Friday afternoon to go into the weekend on a feel-good basis. Mm -hmm. And so everything we do from the open mic to the mic check to the morning groups, the afternoon groups, all have this theme where we use cognitive behavioral therapy and every evidence-based modality from DBT to CBT with music infused in all of it as the catalyst. Are you ever going to the playbook of music they absolutely hate to try to get them angry and try to uncover something else? No, but we use the music they hate to teach open-mindedness. Meaning, easiest example, you get two people at the treatment center, uh, easiest explanation, one person hates i hate rap and the other one says i hate country and so the get, get those two together <laughs> right well no, what we'll do is and we've done this a million times we'll find a lyric in a song from little wayne or eminem and then we'll find a lyric in a song from george Strait or travis Tritt that you know the person that hates rap will find a lyric that will associate to their situation and just read them the lyric and the person that hates country will do the same thing to them and we'll give them that and they'll be like Oh, that's how I feel every day. Then we'll play them the verse, we'll play them the song, and then they'll be like, oh man, I I I associate to a song that I thought I hated. Now, doesn't mean they're gonna start listening to that genre of music, but instead of saying, you need to be open-minded today about getting better, we use that exact example to teach open-mindedness. Yeah, open-mindedness towards even defining who they are. Because they define themselves as a person that hates hip hop or hates country, and all of a sudden they're like, "Wait a second, maybe I'm not that guy." In Correct. Case. Interesting. What? So what's um? What kind? Are, are, so I'm guessing are are the the patients that you have in your facility are they free to leave whenever they want? Like how, or are they there? Again, it's interesting. When we first started Recovery Unplugged, when I looked at different business models, I was asked and asked others. You know, like people have like bouncers basically for people not to leave yeah. okay that's just standard operating procedure we've never had one. never had one that does not mean people don't want to leave but if they do right we have our ways of redirecting and yes some people do leave ama which is against medical advice uh i track this on a you know monthly basis for 10 years we have one of the lowest rates of people leaving against medical advice in the industry that's a real number because some people just put out numbers that we know aren't real but a, a, as a real number which is about i mean literally the average of 42 percent or an average of 7.8 percent so holy mackerel massive yeah, difference in addition our success rates which we have a seven-year outcome study from nova southeastern university are four times better than the national average of people staying clean or sober past a year, which we've also been tracking 
And in the beginning, it was like, okay, you have a couple hundred people. Now, as of December 31st, we've had 14,000 people through our program, thank God, that we've been able to help. And so my own family members being being some of our first ones that are alive and well today. So again, there is no cure. There is no silver bullet. Not a, doesn't work for everybody. But what we've been able to do is, you know, and I believe in constant never-ending improvement. So we're always taking from what we did to how we can do that better and how we can do that better. And what we did in 2023 uh, 2022 originally, but really 2023 is we took everything we've done for people battling drugs and alcohol and turned that into helping people on the mental health side. And we started recovery on Blood Mental Health Institute. And now we have people that are battling anxiety, depression, and PTSD using the same modalities and the same program. Uh, we started it virtually in 2023 and we're opening up our first inpatient residential facility in about two months from now here in South Florida. And then we're going to do that elsewhere as well. So talk to me a little bit about the growth. So you first one, October of 2013, you opened in Fort Lauderdale. Yep. When did you realize that, that hey, this is working? So in about a year, a little bit about a year, end of 14, beginning of 15, I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is real. And not only is it real, but it can work on a bigger scale, right? We only were treating 20, 25 people a month in, in our first year. Now we treat over 400 people a month yeah. uh, uh, currently, and that's growing exponentially now. So uh, in 2015, we decided, okay, we're going to go elsewhere. And just from the music aspect, I looked at Austin, Nashville, and LA. LA didn't work because of the logistical time frame and the cost of real estate was just dumb. But uh, <laughs> Nashville at the time, I just went to Austin and Nashville, and 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 I... <laughs> There was a joke. I went to Austin, my first music festival, Austin City Limits Music Festival. I met it. I was wearing one of our shirts that said, uh, you know, Recovery Unplugged, music is our medicine. Guy comes up to me, says, that's a great shirt. What's that about? I tell him, he's like, oh, you got to meet my business partner. He's an attorney. He's in healthcare. He's in real estate. Ben DeLeon, our first attorney, convinced me to stay after the music festival. Look at some places there. I did. And literally two weeks later, put an offer on a property in the middle of, at the time, nowhere. Again, this is 2015 in Austin before Austin was growing, but it's where we were at the time. There's 50 acres of nothing. There's like a little, you know, restaurant, a little shack, a church. Now, had I had my crystal ball, I would have bought all 50 acres because the Tesla factory is right. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyway, we, we, we started out there. Uh, ben was amazing. And I just had this great, when we went to Austin, I had a meeting in Ben's office and he brought all the people that would be our competitors in a room and we all had lunch together. And I come from the East coast, South Florida, a little more different aspect of the world of competition. Whereas everybody there was like, we'd love to have you. We love your idea. How can we help you? I was I kept checking my hands if they stole my ring. Like I just wasn't used to it. <laughs> and it was great. It was great. We opened in Austin. I had two two gentlemen that came through our program, worked at Start a Minimum Wage, that moved to Austin, Jeremy and Dave. And, uh, and Dave Mariano uh, just really helped make that happen. And they built Austin. And then that was 2016. And then in 2018, we opened up in the D.C. metro area, 2019 in Nashville. And Currently, we're going to be opening in Southern Jersey in a few months, in Charleston, South Carolina next month, 
and uh, and then our mental health facility here in South Florida also in uh, this year. So you're in the business of obviously you're putting a number of people in a building and a little something happened in 2020. Yes. What, first of all, what, when did you realize this is going to be a problem and how did it impact your business? Cause not only, you know, you're in Florida and I'm, I was in Arizona. We're very lucky. Our States treated things at least beyond the initial panic a little not, bit differently. Not initially, but they got, they, they, they got there. Quicker. Yeah. How did that impact? What, what, all right, let me just back up and say what happened to the business. I mean, we were days away from not being here. You know, I believe that the PPP loans were created for us. I didn't let go of one person. You know, I had 300 full-time, 305 full-time people at the time. And I, I refused to let go of one person. We were 24 hours away from just non-existence because you got to think about what happened here. Not only were we not allowed to legally have people in our group therapy, right? You can't have people in a room together. You have to be six feet apart. At the time, 90% of our clients in Florida came from the Northeast. Nobody's traveling. That disappeared. You can't have people in a room. And then all of the major insurance companies are based in other states where they shut down. People were working from home before they knew how to, and none of our claims got paid. So now I've got money owed to me. I've got employees I got to pay. I got It was chaos. Now, decades of personal development in the Jack Canfield, Tony Robbins, Esther Hicks world. And you just believe everything's going to be okay. So I'll never forget Friday, March 13th. I'm at the office and my IT guy, God bless him. He convinced me that like people should be, you know, we got people should be taking their computers home. And I'm like, there is no way this is lasting more than a week, two weeks tops. And I'm giving this speech of like, it's going to be two weeks. And then my wife tells me the kids are going to, their school's going to be closed now. And I'll never forget, March 13th, 2020, I told everybody it's going to be two weeks before we back here, but bring these computers home just in case, and uh, and we'll need to keep operating. I told my kids they won't be home for more than two weeks, and and I actually believed that for about a week. And then just it was it was it was it was it was challenging. I mean, I literally was in a <laughs> in a Denny's parking lot at midnight with a wad of cash. And my nine in my belt buying masks and gloves a week after this happened because he couldn't get me anywhere. And I didn't know yeah. if I was going to get robbed. I mean, that happened. So it was chaos and we got through it. And, you know, it was a daily, you know, how are we going to do this? People are dying. People did die. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. all of us know people that died, not mm-hmm. from COVID, but from ODing because they couldn't come to our treatment center from I, many people. Unfortunately, we had a wonderful team. Most of them are all still here working with us and have been promoted and grown throughout the company. And it was just a daily challenge of, of making sure that we'll be able to provide the treatment we could. And because of it, we launched our virtual program out of necessity of having to do, like nobody knew we had to do a Zoom meeting, right? I, I was like, we're not gonna be able to do this on Skype is what I, you know, at the time I didn't know what Zoom was. And we were able to launch, we had our clients in their own rooms doing therapy on here because we couldn't put them all in the same room and our current virtual program, which is now for in multiple States with hundreds of people a day, all came out of that. So yes, it was challenging. It was scary, you know, but we had to fundamentally change the way that we operated. We had to fundamentally change the way that we handled every situation. And several times throughout that, I didn't think we were going to make it, but 
Well, no, I always thought we were going to make it. Nobody else did, but we had to figure out a way to do it, and and we did. I'll tell you what's so staggering is I've done these uh, interviews now for it's been about two and a half years we've been doing this podcast, and for people that I'm speaking with whose businesses were you know, people businesses, the way the variety of ways that entrepreneurs and visionaries were able to adapt to make this work. And you started by saying that you had these employees you had to take care of and make sure you didn't let anybody go. And that it all, it, it always, you know, it gives me so much optimism and hope because you realize that, that in this world of chaos that we walked into in 2020, man, there was, there was, there were some wonderful, amazing people that found a way to do it. So at, at what point did you realize, all right, panic over, you know, we can pay our bills. When did things normalize for the business? Hmm. At that time, we ended up having to take on some capital partner, loan partner that be, wasn't supposed to be a loan, became a loan, uh, was supposed to be a partner, became a partner. And it was the only way for us to survive. And so that became very contentious in the whole situation. And so I wasn't even sure we were going to, we survived the pandemic. And these are people that met very well, that wanted to help, that had a different vision of what needed to be done during the pandemic. So that was extremely contentious, but I had to do what I had to do to stay here. And so when we ended up buying them out and parting ways, which was uh, April 29th, 2021, the day, that's when I knew we would be okay from a business aspect. And, you know, life keeps coming at you. So uh, that was April, beginning of May, 2021, where we, you know, had this other group that was part of us for a little bit and then wasn't. And then we, you know, refocused, you know, how we're going to continue on with what we're doing. And then two months later, I was in an accident where I was in a fire. I was in an explosion where I had first, second, third burns and spent some time in the ICU in the hospital so I wasn't sure I was going to continue on, but, you know, it was, a, it was a joke or a joke now. I remember saying after, like, we got through COVID. We had this situation with this other group that they met well. They came in. We, we had to take things back from them because it would have been bad. I'm like, literally, I made the comment on my birthday, which is June of 2021. I'm pretty sure that there's nothing else that could, I said this, that, that could, you know, come at us this year that I, you know. That could throw us off course. I literally blew up uh, a month after that and have been, you know, spent several months recovering. I, I still have permanent uh, nerve issues with my feet. So I wear suits sometimes with flip flops like I do uh, because I don't wear shoes or can't wear shoes at the moment. But, you know, to answer your question, I was I was pretty confident had that happened to me two months earlier, we wouldn't be here right now. I may be alive. I would be alive. Recovery Unplugged wouldn't have been able to be here. We went through what we went through. We, we we reestablished who we were. We refocused everything May and June with a new focus and vision once I took everything back the way that I did. And then when I blew up, we were able to stay the course that I had helped set even when I wasn't conscious for a while and, and there. I, I want to get on to your plans for the future, but I cannot let the fact that you just told me you got blown up past, past rather, without asking you how did you get blown up. So, so the, there, was a, there was a leak at an outdoor kitchen, July of 21. I said to my wife, hey, look, we haven't seen all of our friends in a while. I mean, I see some of them outside. Like, let's just get everybody together. Pandemic's basically over, in my view. 
So I told everybody, if you want to just stay outside, you can. If you want to be inside, you can. Everybody comes over. Long story short, there was a leak, which I didn't know. And and my friend, when he went to push the barbecue and turned it on, it exploded. Now, the funny part now is he's the captain of the Fort Lauderdale Fire Department for 17 years. And me and him. So we're alive. Um, had some lots of issues over the last while, but he's doing great. Um, I'm alive and well. And just a quick thing about that was when I was in the hospital, I put what we do. I, I, you know, thank God I never had to be in my own treatment center. But when I was in the hospital, one of the things I we knew years ago is that the music is not just beneficial to our clients; it's beneficial to our staff. So in every one of our centers, our therapists and our nurses have their own playlists. Because when they're more happy and calm, they're better with the clients. So uh, I won't get into details. Bad burns, when you have to clean burns, no matter what they yeah. inject you with, it is the worst pain ever. But what I realized was, okay, why would I just use what I use at my own facility here? So I asked each one of the nurses. We had three eight-hour shifts, 24-7, and I was up a lot in a different schedule. And I would find out the music that they loved and have that playing when they were working on me. So I had one woman, Enrique Iglesias, one guy loved Metallica and Pearl Jam. I didn't care what it was. I was able to prove that when I played their music during their shift, I felt better because they were able to treat me better because they were happier. Wow. Let me ask you this. So what is the vision moving forward? Where, where do you take it from here? Because obviously you've, you've you, you had some big hiccups, obviously, between COVID and the different partner and you got blown up. Um, but you're still you got new new locations that are opening now. Where's do you, do you have a goal in terms of where you want to take this? How yeah. big is the vision? Yeah. So, you know, we weren't out of net, not to get too far into details, but we were out of network for our first eight years, meaning you could come to us private paying or being out of network, which is expensive. Right. After COVID, what we realized was, I want to be able to help as many people as possible. The only way to do that is to be in network with every insurance company. So even though we get paid one fifth of what we used to, we're able to help everybody. So right now, the vision was, let's go in network with every company in every state that we're in. We have contracts with TRICARE for active military, the VA for veterans. Uh, this is all in the last three months. And as of January 2nd, Medicaid. And so the idea is twofold, is to be able to, for 2024, you know, we have the new place in South Jersey and South Carolina and the mental health facility here. And the idea is to grow our mental health presence in everywhere that we currently have a recovery unplugged drug and alcohol treatment center because we can and we know that it works. And most of what my focus on over the next 24 months is our virtual program, because now whether you're in anywhere you are, you can now come to our outpatient program virtually. And it's covered by insurance. So you don't even have to come to our inpatient facility. The biggest challenge, right? If I want to make the biggest impact, which I do, we've helped 14,000 people as of now, and I want the number to be 100,000 within the next five years. And the only way to do that is when people are with us, they're okay. When they go home is when they have challenges. So if you come to a place in Austin, but you go back to Odessa or Corpus Christi or San Antonio, you can now come to our outpatient program online. Same thing in Tennessee and everywhere else. So the vision right now is to open up our, our first inpatient mental health facility and then add one of those in every state that we're already in and to grow our to grow our online uh, recovery and plug virtual online therapy platform as well. Who should be calling you if if um, you know, I don't think that there's a family that has not been hit in some level or doesn't have some addiction in the family somewhere. 
there's absolutely, I don't think there's a family for sure that has, that does not have mental health issues anywhere. If somebody listened to this and what you're saying resonated, who's, who should be reaching out to you and how they do it? Well, I, I would say it's a, it's a, it's a hard question to answer because every single person either knows somebody or is somebody that is battling some sort of anxiety, depression, PTSD in the world we live today. I would also say, you know, for this podcast is that, you know, one of the things that, that we're working on now that we, we haven't been able to do before is now that we're in network, anybody that has a company, if you care about your employees, right, it costs them nothing now to come to come to us, right? So we want to we want to meet with more, you know, employers. We just did a, a, a partnership with, you know, in Miami-Dade County and Broward County for the employees of the county and the employees of the school systems, which are 200,000 people that can now access us if they need. And so I'd say anybody that, you know, is working in an organization that cares about, you know, the mental health of their employees or employees' families can contact us because if they're in a small company, they have insurance, if they're a big company and they're a self-funded plan, you know, I'm happy to do deals with all of them, you know, agreements with them that would be, you know, cost-effective for them to get treatment with us or help with us virtually that could help their their employees or their employees' families. And how do they find you? Everyunplugged.com. I'm Andrew Sasson. They can find me personally on LinkedIn or, you know, on the website or online anywhere. Andrew, man, this one gave me chills. It seriously did because there's so much, there is so much stuff in here in terms of you taking obviously a huge pain point in your, in your family, struggling with some addiction. You get this aha moment, things come together that, you know, you got blown up you know? and, 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 to, and to keep this thing together through some challenges but not only that it comes across so powerfully during the entire conversation how much this is just your purpose that you want to help these people because you know firsthand you know firsthand what it's like to be on the receiving end of being in a relationship with addiction it's an awful thing and and just uh this is a wonderful conversation i cannot thank you enough for peeling up some time out of your day that i know is incredibly busy to talk to bill and i thank you thank you for the work you're doing man this is incredible the opportunity, you know, to speak and to share what we do. I am grateful for that to you, to Bill, to even have the, uh, the, the platform here to speak. So thank you. Wow. Wow. Is that good, uh, Bill? Holy mackerel, man. Holy mackerel, Brent. <laughs> uh, you Jeez. know, we, we've been a part of some really interesting conversations. I knew this was going to be good, but it, it exceeded expectations. No, Not this is way, <laughs> this is way, when you, uh, you know, I, I just want to add my thanks. Um, I've known more than my fair share of people with addiction problems and and uh, some of whom are still with us and some of whom, unfortunately, are not. And, uh, man, I'm glad uh, you've made this your passion. It's uh, it's an, It was impressive. It's a fascinating, amazing story. Brent, thank you so much for bringing it to us because uh you could have kept talking <laughs> you guys could have kept going for another hour or two i'd have been fine with that the first the first call that andrew and i had uh, to kind of introduce yeah. each other to do this thing i, I think we blocked out like 15 minutes we went for like an hour and yeah. <laughs> we went all around the world man we we we, we, ta- we tackled a bunch of stuff yeah, we, but didn't, we didn't even get into the overseas we got into none stuff. of this stuff israel even, stuff Ugh. yeah we're, we're going all over the place yeah. man this is awesome thank you so much I, I appreciate it. Whatever I can do to uh, help and whenever it's ready and on, and I can get my social media team to do what they do, you know, whenever you put it up and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. great. But, you know, Brent, before we get out of here, the people who are listening to this, not to get a hold of Andrew, if anybody's listening who would like to get a hold of you, uh, how can they reach out to you? 
Well, yeah, you know, the podcast is up on Spotify, uh, Smart Money Simplified. If you're probably listening to it, you're seeing it there. Uh, actually, please like it if you can, because that definitely really helps. Yeah. Uh, you can call us in the office, 602-255-0555. Either myself or Andy or Kayla or Susan will pick up. Pretty active on LinkedIn. I post something on LinkedIn almost every single day. But if this resonated with you, or even if you you just want to reach out and, and find a way to, to, to hook up with Andrew, please let me know, and I, I'm, I'm happy to facilitate facilitate can that. because. I uh, just add, you know, um, which I should have a moment ago is that you know we have a twenty-four hour life saving center. So yeah, somebody, talk, talk about that real quick. Somebody, you know, I have twenty-four hours, seven days a week. Christmas, New Year's doesn't matter. We have people there twenty-four-seven all over. Uh, and if we can't help, we can find somebody to do. So you know, on on our website, recoveryunplugged.com, people can chat, and then we have one eight hundred five five rehab is the phone number, and that's answered 24 7 365 as well um so i've always let people know that you know we have somebody available always all the time and again if we can't help find somebody to can that's great thank you thank you andrew thank you brent listeners thank you for listening this was well worth your time i'm sure you'll agree if for some reason you are not a subscriber to this podcast hit the subscribe button subscribe that way you don't have to wonder when and where and whatever about about when did you hear this because the next time brent comes out with an edition you will be notified and you can listen right away and brent mentioned this but if you like the podcast tell people about it spread the word out there get it out let people know on behalf of brent and everybody at mp advisors i'm bill tucker thanking you for your time today and reminding you that you can go out and make today a great day or not it's your choice. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smart Money Simplified Podcast. Have any questions about topics covered during the show? Visit www.smartmoneysimplified.com or give us a call at 602 255 0555. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Incorporated, MP Advisors, LLC, is not a broker slash dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.